Welcome to the Board Game Design Lab podcast. Each week, we want to bring you an insightful interview on a specific topic in board game design to help you design and create games people love. And now, here's your host, Gabe Barrett. What's up, my friends? Welcome to the Board Game Design Lab. Today, we're talking about fulfillment. We're talking about all the ins and outs of fulfilling your board game, actually getting it out there to the people, getting it on their tables. We're talking to a guy who knows a lot about this, the Vice President of Quartermaster Logistics, Mr. Seth Greer. Seth, welcome to the show. Thank you, Gabe. Uh, happy to be on. I'm excited to uh, be speaking with all your listeners this week. Yeah, man, I'm excited to hear from you because you, you have an insight on something I got no clue about. I don't know anything about fulfillment or distributors or what all the business and logistics and all that stuff looks like. So I, I'm pumped to learn today. I've got my notes ready. But real quick, you know, people, maybe they've never heard of, of Quartermaster Logistics, never heard of you. Give me your bio. Who are you? How'd you get into games? All that good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, you guys know my name. I'm Seth Greer. And uh, uh just getting into into games, I think, was something that that happened for me at a at a young age. I can remember uh, being in middle school and having some friends who played Magic the Gathering, and and they introduced me to to that and uh, some other board games. And I mean, even early on, we were we were taking games and uh, you know making our own house rules for it. We we're like, oh, we really don't like this mechanic, and so uh, we were changing it and making different costs to it and uh, trying to balance games ourselves. So I think even at a young age. Uh, I kind of developed that, and then you know, getting to where I am today, um, I, it's been kind of a mishmash all over the place. I actually, uh, by training, I went to seminary. I'm, a, you know, a, a pastor for a few years, and uh, my wife and I moved back down to Florida, where we where we grew up uh, a year or two back, and um, kind of landed back uh, at, at Cool Stuff Inc., which then led right into uh, Quartermaster Logistics, we're a sister company of Cool Stuff Inc. and uh, so it's it's been a little bit of a wild ride for me. <laughs> I didn't intend to get into this this portion of the industry, but uh, it's it's been fun and I'm enjoying it. Yeah. So you work full time in the industry, right? Yes. Yes, I do. Yep. And so go, and so, how did that start? Like a lot of people, they they talk about, hey, I really wish I could work full time. Wish I could quit my day job and work full time in the industry. How did that work out for you? Like, how did those things kind of fall into place? Right. Yeah. So uh, I guess what about five or six years back, uh, I was I, I actually took a temporary job with uh, Cool Stuff Inc. I was like pulling packages and, and helping fulfill, and things opened up there, and, and I kind of moved up in the organization a little bit, and then uh, I went and uh, I did uh, you know I was a pastor for a few years, kind of vocationally, and then uh, coming back out of that, um, I actually just ran into the the owner of Cool Stuff one day out when I was out for lunch, Jerry, and he in, invited me in and kind of had an idea of a position he might like to hire me for. And uh, it was it was one of those random things that kind of fell into it in some ways. It wasn't like I, I you know, gung-ho set out to, to do that, uh, but uh, it's where I landed and it's it's been it's been a blast. It's been a, a, a big learning experience in some ways, you know, being full-time in the industry now. Uh, but um, I love learning new things, and I, I enjoy board games, so it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, that's really cool. And your story is very similar to a lot of the other guys I've talked to that are full time now. They said, you know, I started in the in the you know fulfilling packages. I started working at uh, game conventions and demoing games. Like they just started on the very very ground floor, and then some things worked out, and they were able to move up. And so if you're listening to this and you really want to work full time in the industry, that's probably your best bet. Cause more than likely someone's not going to just knock on your door and offer you a job. Like you have to get in at the bottom level, just like any other profession. And so, all right, so now you work for quartermaster logistics 
and you do fulfillment. But give me a good definition of that. A lot of the, the listeners of the show, they're brand new. They're just now getting into board game design, just now figuring this stuff out. So let's start off with just a basic definition. What is fulfillment at its core? Yeah, fulfillment at its core is uh, getting those goods, those packages, from manufacture all the way to your doorstep, to your customer's doorstep, whoever that might be. So that's, you know, there's freight shipping involved, there's parcel shipping involved, uh, there's, you know, size and print runs and coordination of where all that's going. There's a lot of stuff that, you know, meets all into that. But at its very base level, it's, it's just getting that package and, and coordinating it so that the person who ordered the game gets it and gets to open it up and have that awesome experience of, hey, I've been waiting for this. I'm, I'm excited to get it. Yeah, so at its core, it's really just it's logistics. It's getting yeah. something from point A to point B to point C to the table, right? Absolutely. Gotcha. And so you work for Quartermaster, so they're a fulfillment service, but tell me what that is. What is what is a service that will do this for me? Right. So, you know, in terms of fulfillment services, you know, if, if someone has uh, a campaign and has like a thousand packages to fulfill, how, well, how are they going to do that? Are they going to do that out of their garage? Uh, printing labels and, and, and doing that. And so as a fulfillment service, we have the size, the capacity, the know-how to do that and to do that for you, to do that on, on you know, someone's behalf, just to make it easier. I mean, it's, it's just like anything else. We, we all have skilled areas where we want to concentrate in. And, uh, you know, for some people, it's a, it's a cost-benefit analysis. And for some people, it's an absolute necessity. Uh, but it's at, at its heart, it's, you know, taking that and doing what other people may not have the time or the resources to be able to do and getting those packages to people. Right. So all right, let's go in a little more detail, a little more specific as far as if I hired a service to do this for me, how would that work exactly? So my campaign, you know, let's say I do a Kickstarter or, or something like that. My campaign ends. Now what? Yeah, absolutely. Well, a lot of times we like to talk to people. It's uh, a lot of times it's important to even look into this before your campaign even launches if you're looking at this when your campaign ends, uh, you can actually get yourself into trouble uh, because there's a, a pricing element to how much you are charging your backers for shipping. Uh, and if you mess that up, uh, it can and has taken down companies. It's, it's put them under where they, they're like, okay, I, I got this one done, but I have lost money on this project. And so I, I like to, to talk about c contacting beforehand, even before you launch your Kickstarter as part of the preparation of it. But in doing that, I think some of the most important things are having an idea of the size of your product, how big is it going to be, how heavy is it going to be. Those are, you know, weight and size are the two most important things when it comes to fulfillment and shipping. Beyond that, you know, we look at uh, different regions. There's, for those who aren't familiar, there's what's called customs-friendly shipping, and uh, backers love that. They, they love it when they don't have to pay customs to, you know, for something being imported into their region or into their country. Uh, so that's another important consideration because it changes, you know, how we fulfill. If, if we're doing customs friendly, it, it's a lot more uh, shipping channels to get it from the manufacturer to a whole bunch of different fulfillment centers because the only way it can be customs friendly is if it actually ships from a fulfillment center in that country or in that region. Uh, so I, I, that's just, I guess a little bit of the groundwork there, like what's your package size, you know, what, how heavy is it going to be and, and how are you looking to do this? Are you wanting to do it from one fulfillment center or all across the world? 
Yeah, so there's a there's really a lot to be thinking about, and I think that's one thing a lot of game designers don't understand. They think, you know, I'll, I'll go to Kickstarter, I'll get twenty grand, and I'll you know print my game, I'll print a couple thousand copies, and then I'll ship it out to people, and they think it's just that simple. When there's a lot more to think about, and let's talk about that that designer who wants to do a Kickstarter and wants to just fulfill it out of their garage. And I've, I've been that person. Like I did a, a children's book a couple years ago, ran a Kickstarter, uh, sold you know three four hundred copies of the book, something like that, and so I just you know, had all those books shipped to me and I put them all in boxes and, and, you know, all the different things that went in there and I shipped it out myself. I remember going to the, uh, postal cert, the, uh, post office and I was hated by all the other people in line as they waited on me to ship out all of these books, you know, over the course of a number of days. But let, let's talk about the pros and cons of doing it that way. Yeah, absolutely. I think there is a size of Kickstarter. If you're at that three or 400 level, and we'll talk with people about that. It, that's absolutely at a size where you can do it yourself. Uh, if you're prepared, if you have the garage space, if you know the amount of time that that's going to take. I think that's one thing that a lot of people uh, don't consider. They'll look at our rates and be like, well, you know, I can go get a, a label from USPS and it's it's less than that. And they don't consider the cost of the boxes, the cost of the uh, the dunnage or the, the the packing that's going inside of that. We we ship with uh, those like peanuts a lot of times, uh, which people hate, but they're one of the best things to protect board games with. So yeah. uh, we've tried lots of other things. But if you if you don't consider all those things and consider the cost of your time uh, there as well, you you might be you know making a, a, a could be a good decision for you. It could work out for you, or you could be getting in over your head and be like, well. It's going to cost me about the same in the long run. Why don't I just ship this all to someone else? So I think there's a lot of kind of cost-benefit analysis you have to do. And if you're doing it out of your garage, I mean, there's there's good things that, that people like you, you can get a, a zebra scanner and some labels and uh, get something like ShipStation or even just Stamps.com. Uh, load that up on your computer and, you know, buy a little scanner and you can fly through those. I mean, there, there are some ways that with a little bit of investment, uh, you could do that yourself and it could be worth it. But uh, once you get to a certain size, uh, especially if you're picking and packing and, and have a really complex Kickstarter, uh, that's where uh, hiring a fulfillment service can really start to look really enticing for people. Yeah, I know with my book, that was one thing, talking about the time and all the complexity, I had a number of different pledges or rewards that you could that you could back. And I ended up having to have this all these different spreadsheets and like trying to figure out, okay, Sally in Alabama, she gets the book and another book and this thing and that thing. And there's just so much. And it took, I mean, it was, I don't know, a couple of weeks of like every day working <laughs> on it and like trying to get it figured out. And it just takes so much time. Like also space is a big deal. And so let's talk yes. about the pros and cons of like, if you don't have a garage that has space for all these games, like let's talk about that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, depending on how big your game is, I mean, Gloomhaven that just that just shipped that just came out that thing I I, I backed that personally uh, and I got that box and that thing was like I think somewhere between 18 and 22 pounds it's just enormous um, I can't imagine you know <laughs> you could you could store maybe two or three pallets of those in your garage you'd be in trouble after that and that's only like maybe 150 of those games so space is definitely a big constraint and it's, it's gonna sit there for a while. And so for someone like us, we have warehouse space. We have the the ability where we're, we're built to take care of that. Whereas someone on their own, if you have a spouse, your your wife, your husband, they, they might not like, uh, 
having having stuff sitting you know floor to ceiling in your garage can't park your car in there can't move around or, or sometimes it comes into the home i know i've talked with people before and they end up with rooms dedicated to that kind of stuff and yeah i mean if if it's something you're willing to live with go for it but if if it's a if it's an issue that's that's why fulfillment services exist yeah now is there like a general range that you would give as as a, a ballpark number like when someone hits a certain number of games that they've that they, that they need to ship out that you should really go with a fulfillment service or anything like that I think I see people who are up to that three or four hundred I've seen people do that and I think that's that's probably about the maximum that I would recommend for someone I mean it took you a couple of weeks working every day to get all the way through that and that might even be above, uh, just depending on how much time someone has to do that. But I think once you're once you're up above 500 orders, you're definitely looking at a point where you're probably going to want a fulfillment service, even if it is a smaller item. Uh, that's not that big of a deal. Uh, the complexity of it of getting that many orders out, and plus we can turn around 500 orders in less than a day. Uh, so that that's something that makes your backers a lot happier. Uh, over the long run, whereas doing it yourself, you know, they're slowly getting shipping notifications and they're wondering, hey, when when's my game going to get here? Uh, when's my game going to get sent out? So, yeah, I know another thing I ran into. Luckily, I had some really good friends, two in particular that like helped me during a lot of the process of like really figuring out, OK, this pile needs to go here and this pile needs to be added another thing into it. And so. Uh, also need to look at your friend group and determine if they're going to uh, be or your spouse and determine if they're going to be willing to kind of help you with that. And so, all right, let's talk about the pros and cons of a fulfillment service. I mean, it's it's not a perfect system. So let's talk about the, the good and the bad of, of that side. Absolutely. Um, you know, I, I think the pros are obviously if 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 you have too big of a campaign, uh, you can save yourself money. I mean, a lot of a lot of times and I know this is the case for us uh, because of the amount of shipping we do, we get specialized rates with FedEx and, and some of the other carriers. Uh, and so we are, you know, we're able to actually offer that at a better rate than even, you know, what the average Joe could get on, on their own. Uh, even when you add in all the, the box, the packaging costs, the labor costs, and, uh, and even us making some profit on top of that, uh, a lot of times it's just plain more efficient due to volume due to efficiency of, of, of volume of size that's that's coming through so that's definitely you know an advantage there i think another advantage is the, the amount of time the coordination the fact that we can walk you through that from manufacturer to all the way to getting it to your backers and that's a lot of times i think something people lose sight on is like there there are things like when something is coming from china because that's typically where people manufacture uh, when something's coming from china into the u.s you have to do things with customs like file and ISF, which is just a, a fancy word for, you know, it's a, a term that basically the government acquires this form to be filed before it even leaves uh, China. And if it doesn't, used to, they, they wouldn't do much about it. But now there's there are uh, penalties and, and upwards of the thousands of dollars. So I think another advantage there a lot of times is you're buying knowledge, things that you don't know or don't know that you don't know. And dealing with that now, I mean, there's it's not a perfect service, like you said. There's going to be a cost to it, and sometimes small errors happen. I, I think that's something that is going to happen with us or with you. I like to think our error rate's pretty low because we scan everything, so um, we're we're pretty good about about that. But there's there's going to be a cost to it, and and it might cost you a little bit more uh, than trying to do it on your own if you look at just the straight dollar to dollar. But once you factor in things like your time and 
the experience that we have and and the knowledge that we can bring. I think I'm I'm a proponent of it. Obviously, and I'm, <laughs> not that I'm unbiased, but. <laughs> Yeah, but like you said, I think you have to really step back, look at your project, and determine what works best for you. Time, space, money, all these things. I mean, and like you said, you're paying for knowledge. You know, if this is your first time doing this kind of thing, you're going to learn a lot. And, and But do you want to learn the hard way, or do you want to learn from somebody else's, uh, the mistakes that they've made? Because you guys have already made all the mistakes, and hopefully now you know uh, at least most <laughs> of all the answers. And so let's kind of talk about that. Let's talk about things that Kickstarter... Uh, creators don't realize until it's too late that then just throws everything off. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, that that ISF, the the security filing that you you have to do is a, is a great example of one of those things that people don't know about. And you know, we actually had a campaign that we were fulfilling for that we told them about that, and they said, "No, we got it taken care of," and they didn't have it taken care of, and they ended up paying for it, and they ended up paying a lot for it. Uh, we're talking thousands of dollars. And, and that was unfortunate for them. And, and, you know, you can only do so much and warning someone. But uh, I think there, there, are, there are things like that that you just don't know until you're, you're in the process. And so uh, the things that can be too late, you, like I said earlier in, in our podcast, uh, you know, you, you definitely want to make sure you have a good understanding of the full costs of fulfillment before you launch your Kickstarter so that you can build that into your pricing. Uh, and some people like to build it in and offer free shipping in certain areas. Some people like to just add that on top. That's a, a decision for you and how you think your backers will best uh, best respond to that. But I know for us, you, you have to consider how much does it cost to get from the ma- manufacturer to the fulfillment center. So that, you know, that freight shipment and all the other incidentals, the, the customs filings and all that that has to go with it. And then how much does it cost to get from that fulfillment center to your backer and then adding all those up to get like, okay, this is what we need to charge. Is it going to be, you know, 10 to $15 for the U S and then maybe 20 bucks, 25 bucks for the Europe. Uh, those sorts of things are, uh, essential to, to get ahead of time. Uh, cause if you don't, you know, you can, <laughs> you can lose your shirt over things like this. And I know a lot of times I think one of the facts I've heard before is uh, shipping costs are a lot of times they're, they're up to a third of your Kickstarter. Yep. Which is it's crazy. I mean, I'm I'm in the industry, and that's still crazy to me to think about how much it, it costs just to get something to the backer ultimately. Yeah, and I think that's something that blindsides a lot of people, especially first time creators, that they think, hey, we got all this money in the bank, and then they pay for shipping. They're like, we need more money, and it happens all <laughs> the time. I know one. Uh, I think it was Edo Barf who who was talking about how he was using the flat rate ship bo- shipping uh, boxes for the you know USPS. Mm-hmm. And then they changed the size of those boxes. And so, like, luckily his box still barely fit in, like the game box barely fit in there. But if it hadn't, if it would have been just half an inch bigger or an inch bigger, he would have had to go up to the next size, which would have cost an extra 2 $3 per game, which doesn't sound like much until you multiply that by 500 Because an extra $2 right. per is $1,000 at the end of that scenario. And so, like, that kind of thing can really hit you hard. Another thing is stretch goals. And maybe you have some insight on this. Uh, any advice to people that are, like, thinking, okay, we want ha- we want all these stretch goals if our project does well, but then like, what's your advice as far as thinking through the shipment cost and the fulfillment costs that go along with those stretch goals? Yeah, from a shipping perspective, I would always advise to keep your uh, campaign as simple as possible. So if you have stretch goals, those are great. Make sure all that goes into one box. Um, so if you if you have add-ons, if you have little fiddly things that have to be packed with it. Um, that can end up costing you. Uh, now, 
our fulfillment service, you know, we uh, we don't have a lot of it's it's called pick fees. So if you have like one ga- game and then you're having to pick a bunch of other little add-ons and incidentals, um, a lot of services will charge for that. We uh, we don't do that up to about ten picks. Uh, once it gets to a certain size, we have to just because of the amount of time it takes. But that is going to save you time and money in the long run to keep everything into one box um, as as best you can. I, I'd adver- uh, advocate for that definitely in terms of uh, from a shipping perspective. Yeah. Okay. So let's say you know I'm, I'm looking at my campaign. I'm getting everything ready to go. I'm looking at contacting a fulfillment service, either yours or somebody else. What information do I need before contacting you guys? That way, I'm not having to go back and forth a bunch of times. What do I need to have going into that kind of a conversation? Yeah, I think at the base, if you if you have an idea of the weight of your game, an idea of the dimensions of your game, and an idea of you know where you're looking to ship it, how big might your campaign go? And I, I know a lot of times you just have to guess on that. You're like, okay, this, especially if you're a first time creator, I don't know if this is going to blow up or not, kind of a thing. But you know, you just have to go in kind of with your your best educated guesses, and you might want to guess high on some of those things. If you're like, all right, well, this is where we are, but we have all these stretch goals. And that might add all this weight to it. Well, think about that ahead of time and, and give us kind of those high numbers and we'll work with you on that. Beyond having that kind of basic information, you know, anything else, we can work with you uh, and, and even your manufacturer. I mean, there are, I can't tell you the number of email chains I'm looped in on with a client and the manufacturer and, uh, you know, um, a freight shipping company and, and helping everyone kind of coordinate that all together. That's that's something we can kind of walk you through and and help you learn on the process. Not necessarily something you have to have nailed down ahead of time, but certainly those basic weights, dimensions, those sort of things, it's absolutely what we need. And that's going to get you the best idea on kind of getting a ballpark. Yeah, for sure. And like we were just talking about earlier, know those numbers as best as you can, like as precise as you possibly can. Because being off by just an inch in some cases or being off by just half a pound or something like that can throw off a lot in the whole Absolutely. situation and cost you a whole lot of money. And we're not talking about something that has a wide margin. I mean, you know, board games have a very small margin. And so if you get messed up by two or $3,000, that might be all the profit you, you even made. Yeah, I can definitely put you upside down. I think another uh, thing, if you have any idea of your print run, that's definitely another helpful portion because that, that helps us get an idea of what's going where and how much and, and kind of what kind of containers and give you a little bit of idea on, on the, the freight half of the, the shipping, getting from manufacturer to the fulfillment center. So Yeah, that's true. There's so many legs in the in the big picture, right? There's the boat, yeah. there's the trucks, there's the post office. Like There's so many different things you have to think about and all the different uh, costs that are involved. So let me get your advice on a couple of things. Let me get your advice for somebody who's wanting to do it themselves. They're going to do it themselves. They got the space in the garage. The wife or the husband said, yeah, okay, fine. If you have to do it here, that's, that will make it work. All right, what would be your best advice for somebody in that situation? Uh, I think my best advice uh, for someone in that situation is uh, prepare ahead of time. Think of thing, Think about things like, all right, what kind of boxes am I going to need? What What's the, the shipping material, the you know, packing peanuts may not be the best thing, but you're going to have to have something to protect that game because customers don't like to have even the slightest dings. I mean, we're all board gamers here, and I, I know I've, I've, I've gotten that kind of feedback before. So that, that's, uh, that's something that's really important to do. I think taking stock of, like you did, your friends. <laughs> <laughs> who, who do you have in your circle of uh, people that you know that is maybe willing to come help you out, give you a little bit of free labor, throw a pizza party kind of thing, and then if you can prepare and uh, electronically get a zebra printer and some labels and get yourself set up on stamps.com and, and even uh, getting a scanner can help too. Cause you can, 
scan that information so that you your your tracking isn't having to be like written down out to people and I think those would be some of the 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 kind of simple uh, steps that I would advocate that are gonna gonna speed you up a lot and as those those things are gonna pay for themselves and you have to to buy them ahead of time and a lot of times you can go and go ahead and resell them on eBay afterwards or something yeah that's true and I think it's so important, as you mentioned, to pay a little bit extra for the better packing. Uh, one thing I think James Matthew talked about in a blog post a while back is when you have to replace a box, that's like the most expensive part of a game. Like the box is, is the most expensive you know, single component that you have. And so if you have to replace that, it's going to cost it's going to hurt, especially if you have to do it over and over and yes. over again. And so all right, you talked about the packing peanuts. Is there any other way or method or, or you know, any other material maybe that you could use to pack things that you would suggest? Yeah, sure. So I think packing peanuts are, are the best, but they're not the most practical for someone doing it out of their garage. Yeah. So um, if you're able to do air pillows, uh, those can be okay. I, I think another thing you could do is if you can uh, wrap your game in some sort of um, in, in some sort of bubble wrap and then get a, a very, very tight-fitting box. That can also be, especially if it's like a double corrugated box. So that's, you know, shipping terms. It just means that there's, uh, it's kind of like a double thickness would be a a way to describe a a double corrugated box. Those are the type of things that are going to help your game survive. You don't want it sliding around inside the shipping box you're putting it in. Uh, So you want to minimize that and you want the shipping box to be sturdy enough to protect because we see all kind of punctures and stuff and we get pictures of that and it happens in shipping. You're, you're, you're going to have to expect to reship some because no, no shipping campaign is perfect because once it's out of your hands, especially this time of year, yeah. uh, <laughs> those, those postal workers and, and FedEx workers are just trying to get things there as fast as they can. And, and so your, your package may not be, uh, may, may be subject to some abuse. Let's put it that way. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's so many packages being shipped right now in here, you know, in December and those guys are doing the best they can. They're not. It's not like Ace Ventura where they're like kicking the thing around and just breaking it on purpose. But <laughs> it's going to get piled up on. Like more yeah. boxes are going to be stacked on it. And so if you're not uh, taking care of your box, your package, you might end up with uh, some unhappy board gamers. And, and to be fair, if they spent fifty, sixty, hundred dollars on a game, they want the box to look good. They want it to be in good shape. And so you know, there's no fault uh, for them saying, "Hey, I want a different box," and you reship it. So let me get your advice on kind of the other end. For somebody who right now is you know looking at a fulfillment service, they're thinking their campaign's going to be big enough or might be big enough. What would be your advice for someone who's looking for a service? Kind of what what do you look for? What what are the kind of the the things to be on the lookout for to know it's a good one? Right, absolutely. I think some of the most important things in terms of fulfillment service are uh, communication. Uh, when you reach out to them, do they respond to you? How quickly do they respond kind of a thing? Because there's a, a lot of things that come up in the process of setting up fulfillment, whether you're uh, working with people in China, overseas, manufacturers, uh, shippers uh, over there, uh, all the way to the fulfillment portion. There are issues that are going to come up that you're going to need quick turnaround time on, on those kind of things. So seeing how quickly they respond, they uh, respond in detail if they actually listen to you. You know, a lot of times it'll, it'll take time to get on it onto a Skype call or onto a phone call with you and work things out that way. That way. That's another good indication. Uh, another uh, thing to look out for is is going to be speed of fulfillment and capacity after that. You know, how, how quickly can they turn these things around for you? Are you going to be sitting in a queue for a long time? How upfront are they on, on their pricing? You know, what are they, 
are they honest? Do they try and make sure they let everything, let you know about everything up front? Or do they slip some kind of rate in there and then say, oh, well, there's this fee and this fee and this fee. Uh, and like you have to do a, an algebra problem to try and figure out how much you're going to end up paying at the end of the day. Um, so getting those kind of things, getting full quotes up front, making sure they communicate well, making sure they, they have the capacity to fulfill are definitely are definitely some of the some of the most important, I think, pieces to consider when you're when you're shopping around and, and looking for a fulfillment service. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Now let's talk about quartermaster logistics in particular. More you know, more specifically about them. That's the company you work for. And so let's kind of go into yeah. who you guys are. It's like how did how did Quartermaster get started? Yeah. So Quartermaster, I, I mentioned this kind of before. We're we're a sister company of of Cool Stuff Inc. Uh, we actually started sort of at the beginning or at the end of 2016, beginning of 2017. Really got running, and there's just a lot of natural synergy there. I mean, Cool Stuff already ships thousands of packages a day, so uh, there was already and board games at that. So there's already and the, the industry know how the capacity, the ability, and I think another another thing that that kind of came from that cool stuff DNA is customer service. That's something that's been really important to them. And I've seen that kind of kind of trained up and I mean, they have a, a fairly large customer service and support team there. And so all that kind of birthed quartermaster logistics were like, well, there's there's an opportunity here. I think uh, we were we were looking around at some of the other businesses that were doing that and we saw uh, a need. We saw a need there where this kind of outstanding customer service could be brought to the forefront and be something that's featured as well as, you know, the speed and capacity that we have and, you know, the, the know-how. So it's kind of already there. There are a lot of the components were already there naturally. And then seeing that that opportunity to be someone to kind of step into what we saw as, as a little bit of a void in some ways, especially in the U.S. Uh, for, for shipping. Yeah, very cool, man. And so, like, start to finish, how does it work? Like, you guys, I mean, we talked a little bit earlier about you guys, fulfillment service in general, kind of start in China and end on the table, but kind of give right. me the more, you know, nuts and bolts of, of how your system works. Yeah, absolutely. So, start to finish, we start kind of with those basic quotes where you call us and you're like, okay, here's here's how big my game is. Here are the dimensions of it. Here's what it weighs. What's this going to cost me? And then I say, okay, well, this is what cost you in the U.S. now. Are you interested in shipping worldwide? Do you want to, you know, how big of a campaign do you think you're going to have? And a lot of that will inform uh, whether or not it's worth it for shipping in certain fulfillment venues. You know, a lot of people do the U.S. The next biggest one is going to be the EU. Um, and a lot of people want to offer EU-friendly service as well. And then we go from there. There's there's Canada. There's China, which, which ships kind of to the rest of Asia. And there's also Australia. And then once you go beyond that, it's just worldwide. It's going to be international shipping. So we figure out kind of how big your campaign is and which shipping lanes are going to be most cost effective for you to use, depending on the size of the campaign and, and the size of your item and stuff. Uh, and then we we work with you on, on that, you know. So after your campaign's done, we keep in contact if you have any questions. But once things really start to pick up is when manufacturing starts to wrap up. And that's the point at which we're really, you know, we're working on getting freight quotes with you to take what's coming out of the manufacturer and split it a lot of times at the manufacturer into these different shipping lanes. So your manufacturer has to know, okay, well, 500 games are going to be shipped to the EU and a thousand are going to go to the U S and then we're going to add all the retail games instead of the Kickstarter edition, the retail edition are also going to go to the U S and 
a certain percentage of that's going to get forwarded to Canada and we're going to send 50 or 100 over to um, China or to a, a Chinese fulfillment center to do some of that. Uh, so we work with you on, on splitting all that up, getting costs for all of that. It's a lot of weights and measurements working specifically with your manufacturing company. And then there's a little bit of a waiting period there. Where we're like, all right, things are on the boat, but let's get updates. Let's let's figure out where these things are coming. Um, and then as you get closer, you're going to want to give your backers a chance to update their addresses. It's like about a week or two out from from fulfillment. That's That's one of those points that I really like to stress with our customers because... Uh, it saves you money in the long run because you would be surprised how many people move or have have issues in even that short or sometimes long. I mean, it can take eight months, 10 months, a year or longer to fulfill some of these things. And so giving them that chance to update that address is going to make shipping happen correctly for you. And you're not going to have to go back and do a bunch of reshipments, which you're going to pay for. And so we work with you on that. We get those backer lists from you. We then you know, receive the product, check it in. Uh, we take pictures of it. We take, you know, hey, this is what exactly what your game is going to look like packed. We get an approval for that. We do test uploads. We make sure all those things are, are verified. Uh, we have payment that goes into that. And then uh, we ship it out. And we, we send emails to all your backers letting you know, hey, this is coming to you. Here's the tracking information on it. There's even a little message from the the backer or the the creator, the campaign creator, if they like. And then we go into the the customer service aspect of it, where people say, "Hey, my tracking number is not working. Hey, what do I do with this? Hey, I got a damaged game." And we continue to work with you after that until every backer has received what they need and and everyone's happy. And you know, there's storage and retail that can go beyond that, where we will continue to store. And if you sell games on Shopify or uh, sell games into distribution. We can ship those for you as well. So I know you were looking for nuts and bolts. Hopefully that's <laughs> enough nuts and bolts for you. We can keep going more and more into detail, but it's a podcast, so we don't have infinite time. <laughs> gotcha. And so basically I can hand you guys this whole part of my business. Like I can just kind of set it and forget it almost. Is that what you're saying? I can just kind of give that side of things to you and I still have to, you know, do some things, but I don't have to worry about 90% of things. Is that what you're saying? That's that's basically what we're saying. I mean, there there has to be some interaction from you because at, at the end of the day, uh, it's your money that's on the line. So there has to be some approvals and that sort of stuff. So we walk you through all that. But yeah, by and large, it's 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 set it, forget it and, you know, give it to us. And, and even things like backer data, some some places require it to be submitted in a certain way. And uh, we can basically have it submitted, however, and then transform it into what we need. So, I mean, there are certain fields and stuff that we have to have. And if it's missing, we'll let you know. But yeah, we we try and try and be as, as turnkey as possible for shipping and fulfillment. Yeah, that's awesome. And so anything else that you offer your customers? One thing you mentioned a second ago, I want to highlight a little bit more is you guys have the space to warehouse this stuff. You're not just the fulfillment center. You can also kind of warehouse. And I'm sure there's like a separate cost and whatnot that goes in, into that. But uh, talk a little bit more about that and also anything else you, you offer your customers. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I like to think that fulfillment is, is kind of like half of what we do. And the other half is this sort of warehousing, uh, sending into distribution. And there's even um, an opportunity for companies uh, that want to to sell through consignment on CoolStuffInc.com. So if you have extra stuff that extra retail or, or whatever, uh, you can warehouse that with us. Uh, we charge like $15 per pallet per month, uh, which is 
some will be more, some will be less, but that's a pretty pretty reasonable fee for uh, the U.S. And yeah, we keep your stuff. You can submit orders to us, uh, whether that's going to be through uh, something like Shopify or your own proprietary information, or if you have a sales guy out there uh, taking orders from distributors. I mean, there there are some companies that we're shipping pallets out uh, to distribution for. And then there's that consignment component for, you know, those are more for newer companies, startups that are, are looking to get their their stuff featured on someplace that has a lot of web traffic. Cool Stuff Inc. is a great one. They're the number two number two online retailer of board games behind Amazon. So <laughs> yeah. it's a it's a great natural place for a lot of those lamps. So there's there's a lot of different things that we do and, and they're all optional. I mean, uh, we're, we aren't pushing this on anyone. We at the end of the day, we're all about customer service and. Uh, we want to make these things available to our customers, but we're happy just to serve them to whatever level and capacity they'd like. All right. So is this only for Kickstarter projects? And is it only for board games? Also, do you guys do anything like I've got a book I'm working on right now that's going to come out hopefully in March or April. Would you guys be able to fulfill something that's not specifically board games or is not specifically a Kickstarter crowdfunding kind of thing? Sure. I mean, it it can be any any type of fulfillment. So whether it's Kickstarter or you know, other Kickstarter type platforms. You know, we haven't done anything other than uh, board games because that's our natural fit, but we are open to doing it. I mean, there's, uh, we, we do ship books and that kind of stuff for, uh, you know, like RPGs and that sort of stuff. So uh, the capacity and the know-how is there uh, we, and we can do that as well. So yeah, I mean, we're open to shipping basically anything that people want and, and we'll explore how to do that and how to do that best. Uh, make sure that it, it fits their their campaigns and their needs. So, um, yeah, I think beyond that, you know, if there's if there's anything, if you have for whatever reason, 500 or a thousand packages or even less, you know, something more like I want to store a bunch of stuff and fulfill something regularly, we're we're happy to do that as a as a company as a service. Yeah, awesome. Well, I'm excited about you know where you guys are headed. Like you said, you just you just started really, and you're kind of a branch off of cool stuff, but you're getting into new territory with your own company. I'm excited to kind of see. What's ahead? I'm also excited about the uh, sponsorship. So Quartermaster Logistics is going to be sponsoring the Board Game Design Lab podcast. They're going to be providing uh, the hosting going forward, and they're also going to be providing game giveaways. We're going to do game giveaways all throughout 2018, and they're going to be providing uh, those games. So that's not money coming out of my pocket, which is I'm, I'm excited about, and so I'm excited <laughs> about the, uh, the sponsorship opportunities and working with you guys on that. And so from here on out, you'll notice a bumper at the beginning and end of the show that just kind of advertises what they do in their service. They, they, they seem pretty awesome to me and so again Seth really appreciate you coming on the show Uh, we're about to head over into a bonus round we're going to get your thoughts on where you think the industry is headed you've kind of got a different uh, view different perspective on things being in the distribution and the fulfillment side I'm curious to kind of see where where you think things are going Uh, I've heard designers and you know publishers talk about it but I want to know kind of on the back end where you think things are headed so do you have any closing thoughts or anything as far as fulfillment or anything as far as that goes uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think we covered most of it. You know, if you're if you're going out looking for fulfillment service, just make sure you do your homework. Make sure you're you're looking at the pros and cons of doing it yourself versus fi- finding a service. And if you're looking for that service, uh, make sure they're good. Make sure that they are going to take care of you. That they're going to listen to you. Uh, and they have the capacity to do what you need and do it in a timely manner. Awesome. Again, Seth, thanks for coming on the show, and good luck with everything you got going on right now. I appreciate it, Gabe. Thanks for listening. Find all sorts of game design resources, bonus material, and chances to win free games at BoardGameDesignLab.com. And until next time, keep designing, keep playtesting, and keep creating great games. 
did I mention keep playtesting? 